As long as uh, you and I are staying focused on Jesus, uh, we will be doing well. Uh, That is the key to everything. And uh, no matter what's going on uh, in the world, I, um, I want to share some things with you. The, the songs were perfect. Uh, Brent, thank you. Um, and uh, thank you, Sterling. Appreciate that. Um, we're going to talk today about um, the second part of this series, Staying Focused on Jesus. Uh, first was uh, uh, called together, uh, you and I being called together, all of us being called together uh, by Jesus. And uh, as we follow him, um, we need to be at his feet. And that's the, uh, uh, the lesson for today is at his feet. And um, at his feet has a lot uh, to it in terms of uh, the, meaning, the meaning of it. And so we're going to look through scripture uh, in a number of different ways together this morning to fully understand what it means to be at the feet of Jesus. Now, I don't know if you noticed or not, but in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, there's a lot of talk about bowing. Did you notice that? A lot of bowing going on in the Bible. Um, Now, the first thing it made me think of was the king and I. Um, (laughs) uh, That's not the kind of bowing exactly we're talking about, uh, but that's where it came from. Um... Bowing means something, and uh, not so much anymore. Uh, It's actually more figurative these days. Um, And uh, so, but we need to explore this a little bit to understand what it means to be at Jesus' feet. And um, so when we look back um, at uh, Psalm 22, verse 27, just as an example, Um, We hear David saying, all the families of the nations will bow down before him. All the families of all the nations will bow down before him. The Lord, the almighty God, the maker and sustainer of all things. Um, He is making a clear declarative statement. Uh, I want you to notice, though, as we talk about some of these things, that the nature of bowing down to the living God uh, is interesting. It does have to do with reverence and awe and uh, fear in in that respect, uh, because he is in control of all things. Uh, He is the judge. Uh, We're all accountable to him. Every human being on the face of the earth is accountable to the living God. Uh, This is the way it works. Uh, even if they're trying to ignore him. Um, and uh, so these different passages in the Old Testament, and there are many, by the way, uh, give us a sense of what God, Almighty God, is talking about. Uh, there is an absolute sovereignty, but I want you to notice um, the, the meaning of this. Now, we see it from David also in Psalm 95, 6. Uh, he says, Come, let us... Bow down in worship. Let us. Let us. Uh, The kind of bowing down uh, that God is interested in, and we find it out from Jesus later, the kind of bowing down that God is interested in is not a forced bowing down. It is a voluntary adoration. A voluntary bowing down. 
And uh, this is the language that David is using. Come, come on, gather together. Let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Uh, A lot of this has to do, the bowing down thing has to do with being in your proper place. Now, you've heard me say in the past that the the word for uh, humbling yourself, the word for submitting is upotasso in Greek. It actually means to put yourself under. Upotasso, you put yourself under. You do it deliberately because that is your rightful place. Now, Jesus Christ, when he comes, he talks about this explicitly in, in Luke 6.40. He actually tells all of his followers that the student is not above the teacher. The disciple, the learner, is not above the master. What is the rightful place for the created? Underneath the creator. That's what this is all about. Remembering your rightful place. God is the creator. You're the created. So what do we do? We, we come together to worship him, to be at his feet, to look up to him, because that's who he is. He deserves all praise, all worship, all attention, all adoration, all love. He deserves it. But what do we do? We end up giving our attention to a bunch of other stuff that is almost meaningless. Now, today, I don't want to scare anybody, but today, we, uh, in fact, don't, you know, unless you're in a tyrannical, totally tyrannical society, which, uh, look out, um, the whole world knows tyranny, has experienced tyranny in some way. And there are all kinds of of, uh, different religions, different kinds of political systems, that are tyranny. They're totalitarian. You are forced to bow down. And that's back to the king and I. You are forced to bow down. Uh, As a matter of course, every single day. Uh, That's uh, not what God is talking about here. In fact, those people are interlopers and uh, Satan is trying to get Uh, humans to bow down to him, to other things. And we'll look at that as well. Jesus experienced it himself. Um, Now, if you remember back in the Old Testament, Joseph had some dreams, right? And he understood dreams. And uh, he tells in Genesis, this is all the way back in Genesis 37.7, he tells his brothers uh, who didn't really like him anyway, <laughs> too well. Uh, he tells his brothers, hey, I had this dream about these sheaves of grain bowing down to my sheaf of grain. And they're like, huh, what? And then in Genesis 42, 6, they actually show up. When he is in charge, when he's in charge, they show up and they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground, it says. Interesting. Exodus 23, 24 says, Do not bow down before their gods. This is the pagans. Everybody else outside of God's people. Do not bow down to their gods or worship 
them or follow their practices. All these other folks who aren't going by God's way, God is not sovereign in their lives, do not follow their practices. Do not bow down to what they're bowing down to. Do not submit to these other pretend gods. Uh, it's, it really is all a, a front for Satan. Um, Deuteronomy 5.9 says, You shall not bow down to any, um, anyone or anything other than the Lord God. Deuteronomy 8.19 talks about, If you do this, you will be destroyed. Huh. Bowing down to someone else other than the Lord, to other things, to other gods of any sort, will bring destruction. It's just a, a matter of fact. It, it will bring destruction because you weren't designed for that. You weren't created to worship anyone except for the one who made you. Is that clear enough for everybody? He's the only one. And what I was going to say a minute ago was, you and I may actually have been kind of brainwashed into bowing down in front of a big plasma screen. Oh, no. Or bowing down, bending over to a little tiny cell phone, adoring all that it can do. There may be other kinds of bowing down going on. You know that uh, human beings, uh, when they go along with uh, what everybody else is doing, uh, it's a kind of bowing down. Yeah, you just go along with what everybody else is doing. That's kind of what that's talking about right there. Do not bow down to anyone or anything. Do not follow pagans' practices. Uh, this is all the Word of God. Uh, he talks about it some more in Deuteronomy thirty seventeen, And he says it this way. He says, But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, drawn away to bow down to other gods, this is the way it works with every human being. If we're not paying attention to God, if we're not putting priority on the one who is keeping us alive, other things will creep in. Isn't that right? Anybody here have a busy schedule? Not as busy as it was a year ago. Anybody here busy enough? You get distracted with different things? You've got tons of stuff to do? You know how much time you and I can waste and not even be really in the presence with God? Not really even interacting with God? The one who is giving us breath to breathe every second, every millisecond? We're not thinking about him. He's taking care of us. He's taking care of us. Psalm 146, 8 says, The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. Doesn't this sound a little bit like Peter and James? You humble yourself and who's going to lift you up? God. You humble yourself and God lifts you up. You and I bow down to God. And what does he do? Does he stand on us? Yeah, that's where you belong. You sit down there. No. 
No, he lifts us up. This is how you can, you can tell what tyranny is in the world. You can tell tyranny because they want to stand on you. They want to smash you. Some ruler, somebody who has power, wants to smash you. Not the living God. Now, if people ignore him forever, they're, they're going to get destroyed. They keep ignoring the living God and not worshiping him. They will be destroyed. There's no doubt about that. And in the end, when Jesus returns, every knee will bow. There's no doubt about that. But listen to what God himself is saying. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. You humble yourself before God. You follow Jesus Christ, his son. You do the things that Jesus Christ shows you to do. You learn those things from Jesus the Christ, the Savior, the Lord. He will lift you up. He will lift you up just like he lifted Jesus Christ up. He resurrected Jesus Christ with this divine power. The Holy Spirit is going to raise us up with this divine power. We will be resurrected and we will be with him. But in the end, every knee will bow. He wants people to know who he is and to come to him. And humble themselves to him so that he can lift them up. The Lord loves the righteous. God loves people who are trying to do the right thing. He loves them. Everybody who's covered with the righteousness and holiness of Jesus Christ, he loves us. He loves us. We need to stay in our rightful place. We need to be worshiping the way Jesus Christ says in John 4. And uh, we learn a lot from Jesus himself. Um, When Jesus came into the world, what happened? What happened when Jesus Christ was born? A bunch of wise guys traveled a long way and they bowed down at a baby's feet. Huh? What? They bowed down at some baby's feet in some stinky barn somewhere? What's the deal with that? They saw the child and they bowed down and worshipped him. From day one. Day one. Take a look. Take a look, if you would, with me in Matthew chapter 4, verse 8 through 10. Uh, This is a very striking situation. And then we're going to look at something uh, a little little different still. Um, In this passage in Matthew chapter 4, this is after Jesus Christ was baptized by John the Baptist. He came up out of the water and the Holy Spirit descended on him. And he was claimed by God as his son at that point in time. And uh, he fasted. And he became very, very hungry. He fasted for a long time before he went into the desert to deal with Satan face to face. And uh, so it says, it says in verse uh, 8, it said, Next the devil took him to uh, the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Verse 
Now this guy had, uh, what do they call that? Chutzpah? I don't know. He, he, uh, this guy, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Satan is face to face with Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. And he thinks because he's hungry, he's more susceptible to listening to what he's saying. I will give it all to you. How can he give it to him? It's not his. It's not his. He was a liar from the very beginning. Satan lies about everything. Every single thing he lies about. And he's lying to God in the flesh right here in the beginning of his ministry. He's saying, I will give you all this. What do you think Jesus is thinking? Man, you're a nut. Doesn't even belong to you. Doesn't even belong to you. You can't affect this anyway. And so what does Jesus say very simply? Jesus says in the NLT, get out of here, Satan. Get out of here. Get out of here, Satan. That's what Jesus Christ says. Jesus Christ says to Satan, you're an interloper, you're a liar, you can't do this, you get out of here. Guess what you and I have to do in our own minds, in our own lives, when we're being fed a bunch of lies by Satan, we have to tell him to get out of here. You're following Jesus Christ, right? You're following Jesus Christ, you've got to tell Satan to get out of there. He has no business. Jesus Christ, the one who is leading us. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. That's what God says. You don't bow down to anyone else. You don't bow down. Why was this so interesting throughout the New Testament when different people would fall at the feet of the apostles And start to worship them. And Peter's like, get up. I'm just a man. Get up. Get up. Don't be worshiping me. They saw the power of God at work in them. So they fall down and they worship him. And Peter says, no, no. I'm just a man. Get up. And then the apostle John, when he's interacting with the angel about the revelation. He actually falls down at the feet of the angel. And starts worshiping the angel because it's so awesome what he is talking about and what he's sharing from the Lord. The message ends up being from the Lord, but he starts worshiping this angel. And the angel's like, get up! Get up! Why? Because you only worship God, the Lord Almighty. You only worship him. No one else. Nothing else. Do not get enamored with a bunch of little things in this world. And let them take over your attention and waste your time and waste your life. Don't let it happen. Don't let it happen. You must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. What happened when Jesus told Satan to get out of here? He had no conversation with him. No back and forth. He says, you get out of here. Satan leaves. Satan takes off. Because he has no real power, no real authority. He's an interloper. He's a pretender. He's a fake. That's why. 
And that's why you and I need to have this in our minds every time there is a temptation or we're being kind of pushed or pulled or uh, manipulated. We need to remember what Jesus Christ is saying face to face with Satan himself. Now, juxtaposed to this is a very interesting situation where in Luke chapter 7, verse 38 through 45, there's a situation happening where the wording is that this woman is at Jesus' feet. She is at his feet. And nobody made her be at Jesus' feet. You know, feet were pretty dirty back then, right? Uh, It's not just stinky in your shoe for all day, but... It's, you know, it was muddy, it was messy, it was yucky. Very yucky back then. A lot of yuck going around. She bends down. She comes in, they're they're eating dinner. Can you imagine if this happened to you? You're eating dinner with some friends and some woman comes in and she starts crying on your feet. Some people would be embarrassed by that. I don't know this person. Why are they crying on my feet? And she starts wiping his feet with her tears and her hair. And then with some perfume. And his followers right there with him, they're like, what in the world? We don't know about this lady's pedigree. I don't know. Seems kind of weird to us. You better get her out of here. Nobody had washed his feet. Nobody had cared for him when he came in. This woman shows up and adores him and serves him in love by washing his feet. Now, this is a message. Nobody made her do it. She heard who Jesus is and she came to find him and she put herself where she belongs at his feet. This is the message of the gospel. People who are in sin, starting to realize who God is, and they come to him, and they bow down, they repent, they bow down, they seek him, they want to be with him. They want to serve the one who made them. And it goes on, 745, it says, kissing my feet. Jesus is saying what she did for him. She was kissing his feet. Can you imagine that? I mean, I I thought Kayla was brave, you know, washing Jeremiah's feet uh, in their wedding ceremony. But um, these, these are really dirty feet. And she's bowing down and kissing Jesus' feet. Do you know what the word in Greek is used by Jesus Christ in John 4.23? has to do with kissing feet. Proscunio, proscunitis. The kind of worshiper God wants is a foot kisser. Yeah. Who is totally, genuinely devoted to him. Voluntarily, voluntarily loving God and putting themselves in the right 
place to serve him. To adore him. Proscunio. Pro means towards. Cunio means to kiss. To kiss towards. And it actually was applied mostly to the kissing of royal feet. The kissing of somebody who had authority. Kissing their feet. Proscunio. Proscunio is what uh, the worship of the New Testament is all about. There are several other words used. But being at the feet of Jesus, falling at the feet of Jesus and worshiping him because of who he is, that is the essence of the gospel. You realize who Jesus Christ is, you start realizing who you are not. You start realizing your need for the living God to reconcile you in Jesus Christ. You start realizing in the moment, in his presence. Just as happened on that day of Pentecost. Take a look then at uh, the passage that uh, Joe read in Matthew 28, verse 9. 28, verse 9. Verse 8 says, the women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. That's what you and I are supposed to do. To the one who has all power, power over life and death, we are to fall at his feet and worship him. Now, there are many passages in the New Testament that talk about people falling down and worshiping at the feet of Jesus. Not just when he was a baby, but later on in his ministry. People fell at his feet and they worshiped him. And then after he was resurrected, he appeared to hundreds of people. He ate with people, talked with people, met with his disciples a a number of times. And it says that they worshipped at his feet. The resurrected Christ. And then the Apostle Paul, the only one of the apostles to have an interaction, personal interaction with the glorified Christ Not just the resurrected Christ, the glorified Christ. The one who was actually sitting on the throne next to God, the right hand of God, has all authority. He has all power. Everybody on the earth who thinks they have power and authority, they are probably working for the interloper, especially if they are doing evil things. They are working for Satan. They are bowed to Satan, not to God. You and I need to have great discernment during this time. Great discernment during this time. And I have been encouraging 30,000 people on LinkedIn to get discernment. To listen to the word of God as the basis for everything you think. Every decision you make. 
Otherwise, you're going to end up in trouble. You and I were made to be at the feet of God, and Jesus comes, and all of these people end up at his feet, worshiping him. What about Mary? Mary ends up at his feet, listening to him. Yeah. Yeah, Mary. She falls down, and she just is at his feet, and she listens to him. You know what? That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to fall down at Jesus' feet and listen to him and learn from him every single day you are alive on earth. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what you were made for. That's what's really going to make you thrive, make you healthy in every way, spiritually and otherwise. We need to worship him. We need to learn from him, listen to him, and learn from him every single day. This is why Jesus is saying, come to me. Come learn from me. Jesus was very explicit. Why are you following Jesus Christ? Why are you staying focused on Jesus Christ? Because you are learning from him about this God, about God. Oh, oh, hey, he is God. The apostles are very clear. John 1, Colossians 1, very, very clear. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. He is God who has come near. He has broken in and he has reconciled everything through the cross, through Jesus Christ, laying it all down. He had power over life. He laid it down in order to redeem you in order to save you from all of the wicked nonsense and eternal destruction. He did it for you. There are other passages, Luke 8.35, some other passages, um, talking about sitting at Jesus' feet. Um, There are probably... um, Well, okay, so I I was actually going to say, between the Old Testament and the New Testament... Uh, if you look for, for bowing down and you look for things talking about uh, at, at his feet, you will find a lot. And so I want to encourage you to keep, keep going with that study about at his feet. Um, and, uh, you know, Psalm 1101 uh, is, is talked about. It's referred to in Matthew 22:44. It's referred to in Mark 12:36. It's referred to in Acts 2:35. And that psalm passage says, The Lord says to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Because in the end, everyone will bow to the one who has made all things and who sustains all things. There will be no more deception, no more lies. Each person will be accountable standing before the living almighty God. And those of us who have bowed down already, who are bowing down every day, learning, listening, we're learning one key thing from Jesus Christ. One more thing. We're learning how to serve in love. And it's very, very interesting that Jesus Christ in John 13 does something to demonstrate his love even before he goes to the cross. 
What is it? Washing his disciples' feet. Don't you find that interesting? What is true worship according to Jesus Christ? Proscunio. What does Jesus Christ do? The one who is above all, who's getting ready to lay down his life for everyone, he gets down at his followers' feet. Dirty, filthy, stinky feet. And he washes their feet. And he tells them, I'm giving you an example, an example of my love. I'm showing you how to love each other. You love each other by first bowing down to God and then submitting yourself to each other. Serve each other in love. First, you're bowing down to God. And you're doing it because he loves you. That's the message of Jesus and all the apostles. You and I are loved children. God lavishes his love on us. Everybody who voluntarily turns to him, chooses, realizes who he is, and chooses to follow his son, everybody. They have this love of God that Jesus Christ brought to the earth, poured out into their hearts, our hearts, ongoing through the Holy Spirit of God. It's the most beautiful thing you could possibly talk about, most beautiful thing you could think about. You and I need to be praying in thankfulness that God has chosen to do this. And we need to fall at his feet and worship him. Worship him. Listen to him. Learn from him. And serve him in love, exactly the way Jesus Christ has shown us. That's what it means to follow Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you have not made the decision to follow Jesus Christ, please talk to me afterwards. I want to talk to you. Let's stand and sing.